A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. Special edition of the Square Ball Podcast with me, Dan. Here's Michael as well. And comedian, Maisie Adam. Welcome, Hello. Our guest for today. Welcome along. Leeds fan as well. Maisie, before we get into the show, plug whatever it is that you want to plug. Let's plug something. Oh, okay. Right. We'll plug the tour. We'll yep. plug the tour. I'm doing City Varieties. Doing City Varieties in... Oh, that should have been something that I looked up before, shouldn't it? It's your job to it's... know this, or ours. Okay. Give us two secs. It's September say... or it's October. The autumn. <gasps> If you if you're free in September or October, it's going to be perfect. Just yeah. keep showing up until Maisie shows up. Can you imagine? No, I'm doing I'm doing City Varieties, which is mad because I used to go there like every Christmas to see the Panto. Seventh of October, seventh of October, and I think I'm going to film it. Right, I think I'm going to film it there. You can't go to a, a, a room like City Varieties and not film it, can you? Um, as anybody watching or listening will be able to tell, you're from around these parts, which is nice. So you've you've come up on the train today from your somewhere. South Mordor, wherever Look, it is. Look, I'm you... sorry, I've moved. Uh, yeah. Yes, I moved to Brighton for like, the most south yeah. part. A nice part of the world, though. But you are from Panel, which is just outside yeah. Harrogate. Is it? Do you class You've it as... got a glint in your eye. What are, uh, you, what are you going to bring up about Panel? Well, I want to see if you relate to Panel in the same way that I do. So I, I'm from Bradford, and I tell people well, you know when you go, you meet people on holiday, they go, "Where are you from?" Yeah, I'm from Leeds. Right, yeah, yeah, because no one's going to say... Do you no say Harrogate and pretend you're posh or oh, say Leeds? No, no, no. I'd say just outside. I always go just outside Leeds. Right. And then they'll go, oh, right, yeah, yeah, where? And you, you know immediately that unless you say, I live in the Trinity Centre, they've got no idea. Yeah. No, I've never said panel to someone on holiday. <laughs> that <laughs> would panel, blow my mind so, if I met someone else from panel in, on holiday. Panel is just south of Harrogate, isn't it? It's a village just, and it yeah. all blends into it. And mm. are you aware of the new tourist attraction in panel? I have heard the rumours that Panel has become something of a coffee hotspot. Uh, yeah, it's got a new drive-through Costa Coffee, hasn't it? Which is very—is yeah. that the most exciting thing to happen to Panel in? Uh, in a I number imagine of years? so. I think yeah, that's got to be up there since. I don't think we've had anything like new. Oh, maybe the wind turbine at the local school—that was a big day. Yeah. That was a big day when we got a wind turbine. Mm. And now, now, I mean, just goes to show, dream big, <laughs> yeah. dream big. Once a decade, you get something put into. Into your local area. <laughs> what was the what was the split of football fans growing up there? Like I mean, was, scum fans, Leeds fans. Oh no no no! Like I think everybody I know was a Leeds fan. Yeah. Uh, okay. Weirdly, there was two Liverpool fans. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I was going to name them, but then <laughs> I feel like they don't deserve it. But uh, I think that was like one of those weird. Oh, my dad is from there, kind of mm. thing. But everybody else, Leeds. You know, I, I don't think you can go through panel in in red. I don't think. <laughs> See, I was in Wakefield, there were loads of scum fans. I think yeah. the Costa Coffee is the only red thing in panel. <laughs> yeah, but same though, back in Bradford, you had loads of Man United, loads of Liverpool. But then, you know, growing up through the 80s, Leeds were rubbish and yeah. we were out of the top division. So, I mean, so you're 
just to timestamp it, what was your era kind of growing up then around Leeds? Because you're a Leeds fan. Yeah, I remember absolutely, I mean, I've spoken about him a fair bit, but I remember absolutely idolising Alan Smith. And speaking of that that rivalry, like I've said it before, I'll say it again, first man to break my heart, Mm. Alan Smith. When he went, I mean, I know, we know now what his reasons were. We know he actually did it in quite a chivalrous move. But um, no, him him going to to there, I can't even say it in this room. I'm just surrounded <laughs> by so much Leeds memorabilia. I, can't, I feel like if I say the word, I'll get cursed. But yeah, Alan Smith, Harry Kewell, um, that kind of sort of era. And I can still remember... All the bad boys. All, all the, the bad boys, boys, I know. And I can still remember, I think I was in like year four when we got relegated. And we had to do this thing where we came into school on a Monday morning and like in circle time, you all had to go around and say what the best part of your weekend was and the worst part of your weekend was. And every kid was like, and the worst part of my weekend is Leeds got relegated. And then you just passed the little, we had this like little skunk that you could only talk when you held the skunk. It was yeah. very weird. Um, the classic skunk. Yeah, like, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Every, yeah. I think for people who are from abroad might not realise we do that at every school. <laughs> yeah. There's a school every skunk. school in Yorkshire. Yeah, you pass it round. And, pass the skunk, yeah. a classic Monday morning activity. <laughs> and that's when you're allowed to, yeah, you don't have to put your hand up anyway. No. The famous skunk. Um, <laughs> apart from those two Liverpool kids, obviously, were probably were just delighted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, chanting Gerard. It was sad, wasn't it? I'm trying to think. So I would have been about 24-ish when we went down. No, 20, yeah, 25, 26. So I th- saw it through adult eyes. How old were you then at that point? I was about 20. Right. I know I know. the the pattern was that I'd, when I applied to go to university, I wanted to, I went to York because I didn't want to miss, because we were Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want to miss all that. By the time I left, we were in Championship. Right. And it was like, fucking hell. This hasn't panned out quite how I how I had hoped. I love that you based your university options around Leeds's. I did as well. Champions League. Well, I thought you don't want to be. I don't want to be too. I didn't want Leeds seemed too close because it was like yeah. ten minutes from Wakefield. You didn't on want to seem too keen. You so didn't I want to seem too keen. I thought I've got to go a bit further, and I like York. It's a nice. It's a nice place. So I thought, but that'll be perfect. I could just half an hour on the train or whatever. I could still get back to all those heady Champions League evenings yeah, that I, are coming well, up so university for me was back end of the 90s and I went to Northumbria which is Newcastle Polytechnic yeah. not the proper one but it's just close enough it was far enough away to be far away from home but then close enough to get back for the football mm. and it helps obviously that the ground is basically on the motorway yeah yeah. were you trudging back then for yeah I did I mean I, I ended up getting a, a job at the Sainsbury's in Whitley Bay which was not close to where we were so I used no, to drive no. out so it was Friday night and the only two shifts I was able to do that would enable me to watch the football was pushing the trolleys around the car park late on a Friday night for closing up to 10 o'clock. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, so I'd put all the trolleys away and then I'd come back in the morning and I did like, I think it was seven till 11 on the trolleys. So all the trolleys I'd just put back the night before. Trolleys is the worst job. Well. It is. Everyone's then getting them is out it? again. I, yeah. always th- I always used to think that looked quite a good job. I think that's the people who, who are not fit to face the public. <laughs> not necessarily. No, if you... Like, <laughs> I would say that's when you've, you've they've given you a go in the store and they've been like, Get him on trolleys. <laughs> he can do trolleys. But the advantage to trolleys, because it, it started from... I got, so I got a loan move to Whitley Bay from um, from mm. Bradford Sainsbury's because I worked there when Get we the were experience. in six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got some air miles yeah. under your belt mm. and then you, you can pitch, apply yeah, that yeah. experience yeah, uh, when you get up there. But I didn't really do trolleys much in Bradford, but it was always good because it was a big L-shaped car park. So you, you could go park your car at the bottom of the car park and just go sit in it. So you could do trolleys for a bit, push some back and then go sit in it. Just go sit in the car yeah, park? Yeah, getting paid to sit there. Four pounds an hour. That's not bad, you know. That's not bad. Yeah, so that was um, that was good fun. But yeah, I was in yeah Newcastle, and I remember I had a, a little crappy blue Rover Metro, which was just it was. I think I was forced into buying it by my dad because it was cheap to run. But I ran out of petrol twice on the same journey back to Newcastle on a Saturday night. So I used to like 
How did you run out of petrol twice on the same journey? Well, I was a student. I didn't have much money. So I put petrol in like enough to get up and down, I thought, like 20 quid or whatever it was back then. And then just outside Ellen Road, just on the M621, I broke down. I had AA membership and all that. So they, they towed me then onto a petrol station. So I put another 20 quid in. But then, because I was late for my Saturday night, I wanted to get back to go out on my Saturday night. And then ran out of petrol. I must put like 10 quid in or something just to get me back. Because was a This poor... is why you were put on trolleys. Yeah. Just basic maths. Yeah. yeah. And then I broke down again in County Durham and I phoned AA again, but they thought it was the same call out as the one earlier. So they left me until 2 a.m. I'd, I'd, I'd have left you permanently. I probably deserved that. I'd have cancelled yeah. your membership. I, I should still be there now. You should still be on trolleys. Yeah. You've got a way, um, way of peace there. In, no, no. In, when, we, when, we lived in, uh, when I lived in panel growing up, my friend Craig, who listens to this, he, uh, big Leeds fan, he had what I still think is probably the best job when we were growing up. Like most of us worked like in retail or we were wait- waiters, waitresses. He worked at the golf club and his job was to drive that little buggy at the end of the day and collect all the balls, you know, yeah, in, that, yeah. in that thing that collects it. Like, oh, it sort of goes around the like, driving range harvester. thing. Yeah, mm. and he'd go around that. But um, the, all the like senior staff had left, so he was just trusted with the buggy. And I don't think he'll mind me telling this, but me and my other mate used to come with him and we'd attach, do you remember them sledges that are just like a big disc that you sit in? Mm, mm. We'd attach that to the back with a rope <laughs> and then Craig would go round the paddle golf club and drive so quick that we'd be sat on the thing at the back and whiz right round. It was <laughs> it was the best job. I, I've, I'm still jealous to this day that he got that as a job. <laughs> and if it had been snowing as well, it would have been perfect, wouldn't it? Oh, when it used to be wet weather, and we'd be ringing, we'd be ringing uh, Craig. Going, Craig, that's suppose you're working tonight. Oh, it's perfect conditions for a bit of sledging on the golf course. So, where did you work in retail then? What was that? Um, God, I worked at Fat Face. Right. Yeah, yeah, I worked at Fat Face in Harrogate. So, serving a lot of quite posh parents. That was that was sort of the vibe. I always like to. Uh, go to Harrogate now, just every now and again just to remind myself that I'm from Bradford. Yeah, it's quite sobering. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've yeah. found that like the more I come back, the more I realise how posh it is there. Like I quite enjoy coming back to Leeds, but like going back to Harrogate, I, I feel a little bit like, it's just such, it's, a, it's like a little resort, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I feel quite, it, it's not real. Yeah, you can understand why like the footballers and managers, like George Graham had an apartment there, didn't he? And I think David O'Leary lives in the area and some of the, a lot of the players I know a lot of the players now live there, don't they, yeah. as well, yeah. So they can pretend they're in London. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll get like cancelled by the Harrogate community, but I, yeah. I, I don't miss it. <laughs> they're not into cancelling, they're not, they're not furious in Harrogate. I don't, think, nice I don't think the idea of cancelling has hit Harrogate yet. <laughs> I think maybe in like 2040 it, it always hits the rich last doesn't it so you've just got the train up now and what was it like pulling back into Leeds do you always get that nice sense of it was lovely because obviously you come in right past Ellen Road don't yeah. you it was like yeah really really lovely in fact the last time I was up here because I got Covid for Christmas I didn't get to come up here for Christmas last time I came up was for the Leeds Wolves game where Rodrigo got that was it 94th minute yeah, equaliser yeah. it was a penalty wasn't it the penalty yeah, yeah. so it's really lovely coming back up and I like yeah as I say it, it kind of feels more like home when you come back to Leeds yeah. rather than sort of venturing. So who have you latched onto now then as someone you like if it was Smith growing up? From the current Leeds squad. I mean, obviously KP is a, a legend, isn't he? But I um, I loved Alioski last season. I just loved how mad he was. Mm. I just loved his his sort of, um, just such a weird dude, wasn't he? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I re- feel like he really perfectly fit under like a Bielsa management style because they were just such a weird... Can you imagine going for dinner with Alioski and Bielsa? <laughs> I think it would just be really odd. Because he's, he's a weirdo, isn't he? But I don't think uh, either of them would follow conventional rules of conversation. No. I mean, like, Salioski is like a polyglot, isn't he? He speaks loads of different languages. He's, yeah. very, he's very, very intelligent yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Just batshit mental. Yeah, really, really odd. 
But I I really like it with this season. And I think particularly, I was devastated to see Bielsa go. Don't get me wrong. I was absolutely devastated. I thought it was a bit premature. But I think someone who's massively improved under him is Rodrigo. Mm. I think he's like a, a player transport. I think you can see he's sort mm. of fallen back. You mean under, under Jesse Marsh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think under new management, he's, He's found himself again. We, we, you can, you we, can find yourself being angry at him though for that, can't you? Yeah. Like, Why weren't you doing that before? Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. It's like it's like if you split up with somebody and suddenly you decide to start going to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> which you have to do. If you, if you're suddenly they've got really oh, fit. Shit. I'm yeah. back. I'm back on the market now. Yeah, better, yeah. Better Nothing focuses the mind, does it? Like that. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I've, I've seen some rumours about about Cock going, and I, yeah. I don't, hmm. I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like he's been quite sort of, I feel like he's been overshadowed by sort of the likes of like Urente, but. Yeah. I'd be sad to see him go. Did you see that interview that Cock did for German TV? It had English subtitles on it. It was doing the rounds in the last week or two. And he strikes you as just like a, a nice young young man, a nice thoughtful chap. Yeah. He was, he was having a nice time. Almost like an exchange student. Yeah. Yes, like. yes. He's got that vibe about him. Like, oh, yeah. there's a food in England. It is okay. Yeah. yeah. And when he goes back, your, your parents would be like, he was really, he was an asset to his school. <laughs> he was really lovely. We'll send his parents a letter to say what a lovely time he had. And he's living in a very nice, it's a penthouse apartment um, just over by, which bridge is it? Crown Point Bridge, I think it might be, over that way. I think I saw his, yeah, he posted something on Instagram and I was like, that's a... That's a flashy flat, that. Yeah, he's paying a bit of rent. Um, handsome, handsome too. Yeah, he is, annoyingly so. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Get rid. Do you guys need a minute? Um, <laughs> I think also, I've, I've just obviously remembered, but like to see Joffy finally get the minutes on the pitch that he, I think that was kind of my one frustration, I think a lot with most Leeds fans, mm. is that we didn't want Bielsa to go, but he wasn't He wasn't changing the tack. He, yeah. he wasn't changing the squad. He wasn't giving people a chance that I think had earned it. And so it was quite frustrating to see Joe not get them minute. And then now he's just flourished, hasn't he? Mm, um, yeah. And I think if we see him... Do you feel guilty though for enjoying the fact that he's flourishing? Like you were just sort of saying that. Mm. I, feel, I feel guilty now for yeah. enjoying the things afterwards that maybe Bielsa didn't quite get right. Because nobody's perfect, but he's as yeah. near as anybody has been, I think. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's like you've had a really painful breakup, but now you're slowly realising that some things are very much better now that you've gone. <laughs> and you're like, but it still felt painful. And I don't I don't want it to feel like it was the, the right choice. I still want to feel like it was the wrong choice. But I like uh, Marsh. Do you guys? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's, I think the problem is because Bielsa is so... <laughs> Can I just say, if I said to my parents, do you like my partner? And they said the yeah, yeah in that way, <laughs> I'd be like, uh-oh. Well, because I do like him, but I don't feel like I really know him yet. Whereas right, okay. I feel, I feel like because Bielsa has no other way to be than himself, and yes. apparently behind the scenes, really bloody hard work to work with. But the side that we saw as fans, because he puts so much like investment in what fans yeah, get out yeah, of it, yeah. it's impossible not to just completely love him and love his ideas because we saw all the he best. He was on of it. such a pedestal, wasn't he? Exactly, mm. he yeah. was. Yeah, it was mysterious as well, though. Yeah. Marsh is very. Yeah, much... he had that like enigma of of you didn't you never really knew. Yeah, whereas you felt Mar- like you knew a, a, a version of him, but not the real him. And yeah. you, you only got the little press conference bits as well because he never did interviews either. Mm. Whereas Marsh does like one every day, it seems, with people. So you kind of like ah, and there were, and you could instantly go to YouTube and find like a dozen yeah interviews he'd done within the past year as on there as yeah. well, which, which is good in a way because you got to know him and absolutely nothing bad in it either. I have to say, all the stuff I watched, you're always like, he seems nice. He yeah, seems like a, he seems like a nice guy, but you're like, just be a bit more, be I a love- bit more moody and miserable. Yeah. Oh no. I, you see, I love what Marsh has to like, and the way he says it. I think if he did a little, if he did a little ten-minute podcast every morning, telling mm. you how to go about your day, we'd all be so much more productive. <laughs> you know bad. what I mean? He speaks in like um, inspirational quotes, doesn't he? It's like it's like he's living a TED talk. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm quite here for it. <laughs> There's a chance he'd call me a young man as well. Yeah, which, which, I'd, which, which feel good. Yeah, which I'd like. Yeah. So I'm closer in age to him, but I'd still hang on for that. Yeah, he'd be like, young man. Okay, you, you say it. Go on, call me, call me a fine young man. Go Please. on. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like we, we got to know... I mean, like, you know when we did the, the show afterwards, the tribute show, Propaganda, where we got people to leave, like, WhatsApp voice messages? Yeah. And we compiled it into a show. I think that gave me such a window into what he was like, because you learned about, I don't know, just the little bits like pottering rounds in Weatherby and mm. going to church and just doing really kind things for people. Yeah, like, yeah. Dro- you know, somebody went to the effort to drop something off for him, so he yeah. would reciprocate by ringing him up and saying good luck and stuff. But it was always with the um, the caveat of don't put this on social media, don't say anything. Which yeah. So he was aware, I think, of his own yeah. and position. It, and very op- very much the opposite of the majority of the world that you yeah. see in football. Like most, admittedly nice things, but like I see Liverpool do things, like Jurgen Klopp will do a nice thing, but then it'll be all oh, filmed and, everywhere. It, and it'll have Nivea yeah. branding on it oh and you sort my of think God, yeah. it's an advert really yeah well, it's this, we said that I think the parallel I drew was when you see people on Instagram filming themselves doing nice things for homeless people mm. oh my god it's the worst do you yeah. remember there was that um, it got axed because so many people kicked off about it but like there was going to be basically a reality show where Jamila Jamil was going to be a judge and there was oh, some, some other famous people that were also going to be judges and it was basically like it was like an X Factor, but instead of people who can sing, it was like humanitarians. So it's who can do the best deeds oh. as often as possible. Yeah, and it was like, you shouldn't be doing good deeds <sighs> to win a competition of the best do-gooder, which I feel like if any manager was going to enter, mm. Klopp would be straight in there, wouldn't he? <laughs> Whereas, yeah, you're right. Like they said in the Norwich game as well, I think it was the Norwich game, they came on the commentary and said that like with, with Joffe, Bielsa had rung the Wigan Academy to say what a a lovely job he thought they'd done with it. I was like, that's a really nice thing to do. Is that rubbing it in though? That's like ringing the ex and be like, she's nice, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Because we nicked him for like a million quid, didn't we, when they were absolutely on their ass. But no, he's, uh, he's right though as well, I think. I think yeah. everyone, everyone does Ringing say, your well. partner's ex and going, they're lovely, aren't they? They're very yeah. nice. Thanks for being my, my mom packed. You've done a, a stand-up job there. <laughs> Knocked some of the rough edges off for me. Yeah. <laughs> Reaping the rewards, though, aren't we? <laughs> ah, poor, poor Wigan. They did get screwed over, did Wigan as well. I felt sorry for him. Not like Derby, I'm quite enjoying their demise, but um, yeah, I do feel sorry for Wigan. Yeah, but we, we went through the same, didn't we, as well? And you, you would have grown up seeing all that as well when Leeds went from being yeah. the, the Alan Smith Champions League into bloody League One. Like, what a demise. And yeah, genuinely really, like, hard to fathom as well. Like, if you're from a family where, like, my granddad was a massive Leeds fan. And then through him, my my mum and her brothers, massive Leeds fans. And then me and all my cousins, it felt like it got to our generation and we we fucked it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It sort of felt like sort of succession. And we, we weren't... The, the family yeah, heirloom. Yeah, and we weren't... But I was, broken I, the I Ming almost bars. felt some sort of weird responsibility because my grandpa was always coming out with these like tales of the Don Revy era, you know, being like, oh, it was amazing. And, and you're like, oh, what? guess you know we've got to go and watch them play in you know on a pitch that's sort of 90% slurry yeah it was it was not not a good time in fact when you talk about when you went to uni and you were still able to see Leeds but even then I did you go did you go to St James's Park and watch some games yeah yeah no only when, when Leeds were there I only, think I, I might have got there. guest tickets once and got shit-faced in right yeah, but, yeah 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 you see I went to uni in Southend right. so uh, Roots Hall mm. was kind of but that doesn't seem like cheating in the same way that if me me going to Newcastle would be cheating on Leeds because we were of a, of a similar ilk but there was a there was a ta- Southend 100% I, I, I was never sort of like oh I'm, I'm cheating on Leeds but it was almost um, 
I felt almost quite, I'd go there and think, oh God, what if we end up mm. in this in this division, in this area? Well, it's like Yeovil, like, isn't it? The whole we Yeovil, can't turn yeah. up and play, play somewhere like this. I was looking, you know, you'd look around at this dilapidated stadium and like these fans who, you know, bless them, turn up in the cold rain to sit on like a, a, a bench with woodworm in it. And the, the pitch is an absolute state. And you'd be like, God, if Leeds continue at the in, on, on the, we did, we on the graph, in League One, didn't we? On the graph that we've been going on as I've been growing up, this is this is gonna be what I'm gonna be going with my kids to one yeah. day. But we did we did play them, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, we, 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 a, saw the tour of the shit. We, I think we got a last minute winner there, I seem to remember. Yeah. I can't remember well enough. Okay, but yeah, no, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I but I think do you think maybe that tour of the the lower leagues is has made us enjoy this more. It feels to me I like so, it feels like the, the purgatory of all that for so long. Like Bielsa was like the, the prize for yeah. mm. prize for suffering all that shit, all the yeah. madness, all the owners. Yeah, yeah. And anyone who supports, you know, if you're living in panel and you support Chelsea because when you were growing up they were good, it's hollow anyway. Yeah. You can't have you can't have enjoyed. There's a lot of that because I went to school in Harrogate. There was a lot of mm. Chelsea fans, United fans. You've no right to enjoy those wins. We have to say on this nothing to do with you. Manchester United fans. Sorry, yeah. Given the full I, title. As soon as I said it, I was you like, re- did you realize? I literally felt a little bit. Bit of sick come up. Alan Smith. Yeah, a lot like Arsenal fan. You're like, how are you? Mm. How are you here? Why are you here? There are people who didn't go to games though. None yeah. of the scum fans at my school yeah. ever went to a game. Just, what's that you said? There's a line you always used to deliver to. I was school. just saying, I've been, I've been to more Man United games than you, just yeah. from going to see them against Leeds. I feel like I've been to five. I've been at five Man United games. How yeah. many have you been to? None. Yeah. Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. a cheap point scoring is what it's all it, about. When well, you're... I mean, you know, you're 13. Yeah. What, no. what, 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 what are you going to do? No, 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 it is a fair point. I mean, so how did how did you take the news that Bielsa had gone then, and what like what was your relationship so, with him? Because I've, I've, it's got it's it's weird in many ways. I think this is like he's yeah. almost defined my proper adulthood. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And he's he's defined this era of Leeds, hasn't he? Mm. Like as you say, he was the prize of of coming back up. So I do a, a podcast on the transfer window. So every summer in January we we do it, and every every time we've done it, there's been whispers about either players of late and, and I think it's not true and and for, for me uh, ever since around this time last year of whispers of Bielsa going I just thought it was the same thing I was like it was like when people go oh KP to West Ham I was like no it's not going to happen and then you know when they just start to build a little bit more and you start to think Mm-mm. you have that, that little nagging yeah, down yeah. don't you and then like just a few people a few journalists that I knew so so normally it's just um it's people who don't like Leeds, other fans going, yeah, he's going to go. He's going to go. I'm in like a comedian's Facebook group for comedians talking about football. And every week there'd be like one particular guy who's, who is a Man U fan. Always. Not funny, I presume. Oh, yeah, yeah, always knocking on. I, <laughs> I just remembered I'm on camera, so I'm going to remain very, very partial. But always knocking Bielsa. Like always, always. And I was like, what? Like I, I, that's just you as a Man United fan coming mm. from, and then you start to see like journalists saying it, and then maybe because we'd had some really bad losses, didn't we? And, but they were to massive teams as well. Mm. But maybe after two of those big losses, I went to go and plug the tour on Talksport, and they were all saying like off air, they were like, "No, he's he's going, he's definitely going." And I was like, "What's your source? Unless you tell me your source right now." And they were like, "We can't," but he's going, and I was like. And I had a gig that night and I just, my head was not. Really? Head, yeah, honestly, I was doing this gig and I can remember doing it and I was saying my material, but inside in my head, I was just going, what if they're right? What if, <laughs> what if he does go? Who would we get? Who would we get? Because all the other options, they've been snapped up earlier on in the... And I was genuinely mm. having this little like breakdown in my head. 
convinced that it was finally true. It's weird how football gets in your head like that. It was the same with the promotion and it's been a bit the same, although not quite as bad with relegation because we're not near the end of it yet. But when it's the first thing you wake up on a morning, you think, oh Christ, we're we're nearly promoted it. And it was the same the days after sacking Bielsa. You wake up and you thought, that's that Bielsa, aren't we? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. I think we'd made almost made peace with the idea that it was going at the end of the season, hadn't we? Because there'd been... Well, yeah. It it felt like it was maybe coming to a bit of a natural end, but then it's like, but not like this. No. It deserves a better That's a great point because there was, uh, prior to that, when I was at that TalkSpot thing, prior to that, everybody who was going, Bielsa's going to go, Bielsa's going to go. Their rationale for that was, he's only signed a one-year contract. He always signs a one-year contract. That's no indication of his his intent to stay or leave. That's just what he does. Mm. But I think there was definitely a bit of just fan denial going on in my head. And I I still, I I like what Marsh has done. I think it was, in hindsight, possibly even the correct choice. But I, at the time, thought it was massively premature. There is a conflict there, isn't there, in that, we need to stay up and if we do stay up then you can say it. the end justifies the means but yeah. the means feel so rotten it, oh it's horrible it's it's the it's sort of such a what's the word where it's like a, a horrific like it's basically like a catch 22 how i yeah. feel about it the whole time like i think as i said i think it was premature like you know we'd lost to the likes of like liverpool or city and you think yeah but i don't think that was bielsa's fault i think that was mm. the fact that we were playing against this team of basically like european giants and under Marsh, we've, we've played sort of more reachable. Uh, that was very diplomatic. Yeah, great. Shit teams. Played some shit teams. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to say it, but uh, yeah. I, and, In fact, does only Norwich have been properly shit? And the other, the go, other teams have been all right. But then I go like, but even then, under Bielsa, do you remember that time? I mean, this is recorded ahead of Watford's game, of course, uh, this weekend. But we really struggled against Watford earlier in the season. But they were shit so, as well. Yeah. But, but equally, they were shit. So, we just couldn't get going. So was it... So, so am I being kind of just, rom- am I romanticising Bielsa by going, oh, we should have just given him a bit of time. He had time with some of the yeah. more reachable mm. teams if, if, and if it was, it was this, a struggle. If it was this season in isolation, you'd have to say it was not great. Yeah. But it's just all the, it's the happy times. Yeah. I know, and especially because you're shared. like, we finished top 10 last season. Mm. Clearly this is just a difficult second album or, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. them sort of jitters that you get. But I think we're all right now, I think. I hope so, because what we are recording on the Thursday after last night was uh, Burnley versus Everton. Everton. And that was that was grim, wasn't it? And yeah. I, I feel upset that we had an investment in that game. Poor Actually, Frank. Was, yeah. No, Poor not... Frank. No. <laughs> Can't feel any, any sympathy for him. It was... Um, yeah, it was a mad game. It was a mad game. The... Um... I know I'm not one to talk, but the, the wet weather didn't do his hair any good either. No. <laughs> very, very thin. Very thin. They all clumped together. He oh, looked tired, didn't he, Frank? He looked tired. He's on. He's very much on the Simon Grayson path. I think yeah, he's going to. He's going to be fully bald in a, in a couple of years. And like, there's a, there's a, a glint in your eye. There's glee in your <laughs> the voice. Simon it's Grayson it's, path is a is a is a term for hair reduction now. But do you remember he came to Leeds and was like a fresh faced young manager, and then about by the time he left and yeah, left looking like Danny Mills. He was <laughs> like he was like oh fucking hell. He just had a a real like tired look about him. That's going to be Frank, but Frank, it'll bother him because he's <laughs> he likes being on telly, doesn't he? I, mean, he, I think he thinks quite highly of Especially himself. Especially as his uh, his next career move is obviously going to be Pundit mm. as well. It's going to have to when, be. when all this goes south. Well, he's, he's not going to take like the Northampton job or something, is he? Because no. that's beneath him, isn't it? Beneath him, yeah, would he deserves we, better. Would, would Frank be a Pundit? Oh, I think so. <clears throat> Don't want to be rude again, but would people give him that job? I think so. I mean, Gary Neville had a failed managerial career didn't he? he went to Valencia and basically lost every game and people mm. still liked him yeah, but you don't you don't really have to say much insightful to you as a pundit if you look at some of the the analysis that goes on all the stuff that we get annoyed as at fans and say 
you're really you've been really reductive there in the mm. things that you're saying. You don't Soonest. know. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, Soonest is a perfect example. Like you look at Ferdinand when he's doing like the, the Champions League stuff or if they're on Sky, whatever. Mm. I mean, Ashley Cole just comes across as thick as shit um, <laughs> as one of them. But don't hold back, mate. Well, don't just, hold back. But they just they just simplify things and you go, no, that's not the true story. Yeah. That's not what it's like. And yeah. it's the same as the, the well, Bielsa's only on a one-year contract. When you know that the... Yeah, yeah, you're like, mm, that brings nothing to this so discussion. Much, there's so much yeah. more depth to it. And we get annoyed at the pundits who... who I mean, Karen Carney be the perfect example. We all got annoyed because we we knew what we felt, that that wasn't the truth mm, because mm. there was so much more nuance to what had mm, happened. Mm. And you've got no right to be that reductive. We, yeah. know, we know better, but you've got to remember as well that they're talking to a general audience of everyone and not just Yeah, they're just talking to neutrals, fans. yeah. Yeah. I've lost my train of thought there. It was it was something about a slagging <laughs> very impassioned yeah, though. Yeah. Just winds me up. But you think you think Frank could Frank, be that was it, yeah, yeah that Frank was it. Pundit. You're, you're doing my job for me now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where he'll end up. He'll end up uh, match of the day. He'll end, he'll end up in the sky box, that kind of the thing. The international feed. Yeah. You get all well, sorts oh, of people yeah, on His that. cousin's Jamie Redknapp, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, Uncle Harry. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll knows enough people. He, I mean, he doesn't even get slagged off the, um, the post-game interview yesterday. He was asked a really soft question. They were like, "Oh, that, that wasn't very good, was it?" But was it? Were problems going on? Was here it? Before? Was it because of stuff that happened before you came? And he was like, "Well, yeah." Oh, <laughs> God, like, I don't know. I felt like Bielsa used to get. He would have got absolutely roasted for that. People yeah. had been like saying, "Oh, he can't go on this. You need, yeah. to, need to pull the plug on it and stuff." But whereas with Frank, they're like, "Oh, well, hmm. I know he's got like one win, which was against us." Isn't it funny to think though that we could we could have nearly almost signed Frank Lampard and the world could be we could be viewing it through a very different lens oh mm. god can we, you came, we came close just a few million short I think of whatever the asking price was but it was close wasn't it we got Seth Johnson hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You want to dig Maisie out, don't you, for some oh what for some oh, musical choices? No, no, not the musical choices. I, I listened to Life Goals that you oh, did. Oh no, which is a podcast, by the way. If you want podcast, to it, it out, the, yeah. the basic principle is like I've forgotten what I've picked. A goal and music. We've got um, it. Don't worry. Oh like no, favorite kind of goals that define 
you are as look, oh, that look you remember at you well licking your lips with anticipation <laughs> of what you're about to. It was just odd choices. What? No, I think there's some good choices on here as I well. I can't remember. I was I was confused by it because it was like it's obviously. What I will Alan's... say is we recorded this in a lockdown. Okay, this life goals <laughs> thing. So maybe I had a bit of <laughs> things were challenging. Yeah, maybe I had long COVID. You not thought about that, have you? Right, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. So Beckham versus Greece, number one. Can that's, you remember what you chose? That's no. fair enough. That when, was, when did that happen? Two thousand and two. Yeah, it was to qualify us to the two thousand and two World yeah. Cup. I was I'm that? racking my brains. How was that, that? It was good. What did I pick? It was when you know he scored that last minute free kick against yeah, Greece. Yeah, yeah. Went, did went you cheer him? I did. Were you cheering I, David Beckham in Old Trafford? I had a lead shot. So it was obviously. In, I was still like still a Liverpool fan who'd done the same childish ah, thing. Good Just boy. gone like I'm gonna could have wear this because <laughs> I can. Um, no, that was fine. But then the the kind of O'Leary Alan Smith era. Mm-hmm. You picked three goals that I had to look up. <laughs> like of all the kind of iconic moments of that, like not like you got like Champions League or oh, you've like got a problem with the goals three. that I picked, not yeah. the songs. I mean, the, the songs are so solid, oh, so solid, I so solid. Crew are like, yeah. I, but, I thought you were going to pick a bone with my with my songs. No, 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 no. I was just intrigued as to the, those games because they're all like Alan Smith. Quite I had to niche. Look, I had to look them up because I was like, I don't, I don't remember any of these. I thought you got like Don Matteo, San Siro, or. Yeah, Viduka in the 4-3 or... Oh, no, no, right, so well, no, let's, no, no. let's go to the start list then. Beckham versus Greece, 2002, you picked... What was the song? I can't remember what songs I picked. I can't remember. Angel by Shaggy. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I now understand the um, the licking of the lips in anticipation to bring so this what, up. Talk us through. I mean, the goal was... It was, it was a, a fairly, you know... Yeah, that was a, that was a memorable moment, wasn't Why it? Why did yeah, I but, pick that? It was of that That's around that time, wasn't it? such a rogue choice. That's such a rogue choice. A Shaggy fan growing up, then? A big Shaggy fan. Yeah, loved all his uh, his work. <laughs> what, else, what else did you like that he did? Yeah, how old, I mean, how old were you at this stage? His as well? third album was uh, was probably his best. <laughs> how old was I when Shaggy Angel came out? Two thousand two. Two thousand eight. It actually came out in June two thousand and one. Did Angel? Right, seven year old Maze living it large to Shaggy. <laughs> to Shaggy. <laughs> The, the you got big, a problem um, with that? No. A seven-year-old in right. panel, living it large to Shaggy. What's not? What's funny about that? Big fan. I'm just looking down his list of songs. It, love me, love me. It wasn't me. It was just before that. Obviously, in in the March, which was the obvious. Choice, it wasn't me, yeah. Angel. Did he do Mr. Bombastic? Wasn't yes. That? Was yeah. That that was, I mean, that was yeah, 1995. That was, that was 1995. So he would have been one. Yeah. It's... It wasn't me. That was. I don't think I was. This that, is mental. That, was, that so, was probably not suitable for an eight-year-old. I mean, what? It, it wasn't, wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah. Banging on the bathroom floor yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Shaggy, oh, Carolina came out before you were born. So. Oh, Carolina. That's a good I mean, one. I remember that. I remember watching it on MTV. What's Carolina? Oh, Carolina. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's pre, that's pre-me. Pre-birth. Pre-birth. Yeah. Uh, well, so the Smith. Maybe my mum played me Shaggy when I was in the womb and that's why I've got such an affinity with it. You know how some mums like try and isn't that a thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm asking you to. Well, no, so what I, did you guys do? Well, I grew up listening to like Springsteen and stuff like that. The first concert I went to was when Springsteen played at um, what's it, Sheffield United, Bramall uh-huh. Lane. Yeah, not you a bad. You saw Bruce Springsteen at Bramall Lane. I was about eight. Yeah, nice. Something like that. Yeah, seven. It's a good introduction to live music. I felt. Yeah, I mm. can't imagine hearing "Born in the USA" live at <laughs> Bramall Lane. And when I look back on it, yeah, it's... Uh, in the steel city. In a decay. The industrial <laughs> yes, wasteland. Yeah. The steel city but of actually, Sheffield. in many ways, it's perfect for Springsteen's music, yeah, isn't true. it? Because it's all kind of uh, that Americana decaying sort yeah, of... Yeah, uh, old failed auto industry and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but Alan Smith against... I got bleak, quick. Against... Well, <laughs> Alan Smith against Middlesbrough is your next one. What, are you asking about what song I chose? No, that? Just, I the, just the goal. I just was like... It's the final game was, of the 2001-2 season, so is that the Champions League year? 
Yeah. yeah. So we finished when we failed to qualify right. for the Champions League again. You went for the uh, seminal hit, 21 seconds to go by So Solid Crew. Yep. Belter, fair enough. And then, Big um, fan of that. Well, I, I want to know about the music. I, I was a DJ in a former life. Did song. you know every verse in that song is 21 seconds long? I did know that. Yeah, each rapper gets 21 seconds, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. I knew that. I mean, they do say it in the song, yeah. but um, it blew my mind the first time I actually timed it on my iPod Nano. Yeah. <laughs> How many members of So Solid Crew do you know the name oh, of? Oh, so you've got Harvey. Let me, hang on a minute. I'm to Wikipedia in it. Romeo. Fucking hell, there's loads of them. How many members are there in... Don't say there's not 21, is there? I mean, no. how many... So, uh, well, <laughs> Wiki- Wikipedia, which we obviously know is very reliable. Um, is there more or less people in So Solid Crew than in a starting 11? There were there were 19 initial members, but it rose to 30. 30? Yeah. That's like Blazing Squad. Mm. <laughs> it's got... Um, the Wikipedia has got a thing called confirmed 30? members, as if oh. there were some... As if there were some that were, have claimed <laughs> like to be Like the, the Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> this is confirmed a ring of member. silence around it. <laughs> So who can you remember then? Because there are some, some genuinely... Right, Romeo Harvey. Yeah. What was the lady called? Um, Lisa Mafia. Lisa Mafia. That's where... That's You see, that was a Freudian slip, Mafia. Mm. I think that's the only three I've got. You've got Asher D, who was famous. Oxide and Neutrino. Yeah, most of these out of Wikipedia pages of their own, do they? Oh, really? That's Cal, Cal Morgan, who sounds more like a Sheffield United centre-back than, a, than someone from So Solid, so Solid Crew. And Harvey as well. Um, I got Harvey. Yeah, I got yeah. Harvey. Yeah, uh, went out with Alicia Dixon, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what was it about that song that you liked? I think, I, I cannot remember <laughs> at all, but I, um, I, I, think, I think I was quite into So Solid Crew. Again, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> not, not as much as I was sh- Shaggy. Yeah. Um, what about Britney and Madonna then? That's your, the next one we've got. Is that Me was... Against the Music? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved that. I loved Madonna. I loved Madonna. When I got a, um, I asked for an iPod for Christmas when I was in year seven. I didn't get one. I got an MP3 player instead. I was absolutely fuming. Those bastards. Absolutely fuming. All of my mates had the like iPod classic, you know, the one that's sort of about the size of an iPhone With now. the circle on the front of it. Yeah, yeah. And I'd asked for it. And my mum had done that typical thing of like, it's just like the one that the lady said in the shop that this was just like it. I was like, it's not, is it? Because it looks like a USB stick. And um, <laughs> Oh, it was one of those ones. It looked, yeah, it looked like a pager. It was like that thing. Was it a Zoom or something? Microsoft Zoom was oh, like it was the equivalent. Awful, yeah. and it had a, like um. You ungrateful child. I know, I know. I'm really ungrateful. It's those spoiled Harrogate bastards. Back isn't it? in my day, we had, a, we had one record in the house. Yeah, and it was something like I had tapes. Two gigabytes on an iPod meant something like a thousand songs, right? Which I I just thought was amazing. And my mum got me this MP3 player. She was like, "The lady in the shop said you can have seven albums on there, seven. And so I had to really, really pick, and the only that the the only one I'd managed to put on. Oh, you got your first three Shaggy ones on there. <laughs> I've got all my Shaggy repertoire on there, <laughs> but um, I had I had Madonna's Hung Up album on there, uh, and then I couldn't work out how to put any more. I, I couldn't rip and burn. Mm. I couldn't work out how to do it. I'd done there'll, it there'll once. The youngsters listening now going rip and burn what? Rip and burn and a, a CD. And my mum had helped me put Madonna on, and then uh, we'd both given up. I think we'd had an argument in trying to rip and burn, and it got very tense. She called me an ungrateful kid and all of this. Mm. Um, so for a good, I'd say, two, three months on my walk to school, all I listened to was the Madonna album. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but what was it about Robbie Keane against Man City? Which, I mean, I don't even know what year that is. It was a fairly nondescript game again. I think it was just a, a, one of the goals in a 4-0 win. Right. Wait, what year was it again? Oh, you tell us. It's your no, choice. It's your on. choice. It's your, one of your favourite goals. Come on, come on. Tell me again. <laughs> I, I, I've just Robbie Keane? Yeah, Robbie Keane scoring against Man City. I'm sure that was the one where he went over his head. 
I'm sure. Have you got it there? The ball's no. played through to him, isn't it? I think, and he scores. I remember watching it yesterday. I've not linked it on the sheets. I'm not very professional. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. At least you're honest. Wow. Wow. <laughs> then we've got Kewell versus West Ham. Eminem, um, eight mile. Do you want? Do you want the lowdown on Kewell versus West Ham uh, or, we're, we're or gonna, eight mile? We're going to go through both of all of them or a montage of them all. <laughs> I'm just going to open the goal. They've so really can... thrown you, haven't they? These. Um... I'm just fascinated, like in the same way that Michael is. Like the, the, some of them are slightly obscure songs, and they're all really obscure. Yeah, well, goals. they're all like. They're all like so that that Kewl versus West Ham one. I can remember being sat watching it because it's the all blue Nike kit. I'm just yeah. watching, yeah, yeah. I can remember being sat watching that with my granddad. Right footed volley, by the way, it's very good. Yeah, no, it's the one that comes across him, isn't it? And he, like, so this is right. So this he is... gets a right foot on it, don't like a proper. Mm. So this is a four three game at West Ham on uh, 10th of November 2002. So it was entertaining. Yes, okay, fine. <laughs> just you happy? Strange one to pick. Yeah, you happy with it? Delighted. Why are they so strange to pick? I've I've gone here with not necessarily, I've gone sentimental. I've not gone technically Hall of Fame prowess sort of mm. goals. I've gone with ones that give me a nice memory. And I think upon reflection, most of these memories are to do with the soundtrack. I think I have more memories of 8 Mile than these games. Well, that's a good goal, that Kewl one. It is a very good one. That's a good goal. Can you relate to Eminem, 8 Mile, be on stage with the old, the mic? I think growing up in panel, anyone can relate to Eminem. Just, I think that's, <laughs> the, mean that's streets, definitely, the mean that's streets the Detroit. of panel. That's the Detroit of... <laughs> of Harrogate. <laughs> All right, next um, one. Next one. There's, uh, Dar- you've, got, you've got to have a, a, a sickener in there. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the rules. Oh, Dar- right. The Derby play of defeat, yeah. Derby play of defeat. Fair enough. I can't um, remember which of the goals it was. I mean, this... One of them. Uh, yeah, of them. The, no, the whole thing just whole makes thing. me feel physically ill. Mm. Yeah, Wiley, boasty. That, this is featuring Steph London and uh, Sean, Sean Paul, Paul and Idris Elba. Yeah, in a weird one. Yeah, he raps about um, DJ and Harry and Meghan's wedding, which I think is an odd subject to rap about. Mm. Um, if you're trying to break into the rap game as an actor and get yourself a bit of street cred, I think rapping about DJ and the royal family mm. wedding is... I had no idea who'd done that. Well, that's because you've not heard Boasty by Wiley. I heard, I heard enough of it so, to know what it was. Not your bag? Not for me, it's not for me. Not for you. No. Is it shouty, Michael? Oh, can, yeah, you, you, you definitely describe certain music as shouty. <laughs> you can hear it's, that age. You can, shouty. you can hear it's Idris Elba, which put me off a bit. You can yeah. tell it's his voice. Because I, I like Idris Elba from being Stringer Bell. Um, mm. And then obviously he's done, what's the one in London? Luther. Luther, yeah, yeah. That's... Is that why you don't like it? Because you you just hear Luther. Yeah, I think so. It's just Luther I, think it's, to I, a beat. I find it distracting yeah. to hear him, him doing it. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Go do, do some acting yeah, instead. Yeah. I don't like people who do... Who, you know, if you know him as, as Luther to then hear... Like, imagine hearing Ted Hastings from Line of Duty bring <laughs> a rap album out. You're just only going to hear Ted Hastings. Yeah. Although I did, like, like you, I, I knew him first as Stringer Bell in The Wire, so I thought he was American for yeah. about the first six years of, of seeing him. And I was like, oh, from London, fair Never enough. Never watched The Wire. No. no. Never watched The Wire. Oh, it's good. I mean, we're, I think we're two Wire evangelists and mm-hmm. they're a boring set of people. Um, a wire <laughs> evangelist it. but it is absolutely amazing I think it's, that is one of the best bits of telly I've does ever, it stand I've the test seen. of time like am I going to be watching this now and be like I watched it all again about five years ago and it was still good yeah oh okay it's it's like sort of Shakespearean in its depth and its ambition isn't it it's like a Ooh. novel it's like a novel I think it's like it's written how big a commitment a are we talking 60 episodes 60 of one hour each so, yeah, yeah. The five five series isn't it? yeah yeah Oh, good, that's, that's going to have to take a back seat, I'm afraid. It'll fly by. 60 episodes. I've got things to do. I've got places to be. <laughs> you've got... Um, you've got songs to pick. I was going to say, you've got... Um, <laughs> no. Who else is on here? The Rasputin remix to listen to, haven't you? Listen, that's a banger. That, that is a banger. That Too shouty? 
No, I mean, not too shouty. That's, that's fun. That's, that falls into the wheelhouse of fun. I think. That yeah. One does, yeah. 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 And that's for the Neil Mope late equaliser versus Palace. So is this presumably you when you're in Brighton going to football locally? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I really enjoy watching Brighton play. Um, I live very close to the Amex. I think you're the only person in Brighton who does at the minute. So I know. So I enjoy Brighton as a team. I think I like I, I like Graham Potter. I think they must be the most frustrating team to be a fan of. I do not envy any Brighton fans at all. Neil Mopé's inability to finish is sometimes astounding. It helped us in the game down there this season, didn't mm, it? It did. Yeah. Yeah, this should, yeah. Have, should have been which is why I kind of felt it necessary to pick a um, a rare occasion for mm. him of, of of finding the net. But um, well, yeah, as I said, we're recording this where uh, I think their last game it was their last game, wasn't it? And he got a he got a penalty, and not just like hit the woodwork mm. or that was the Norwich game. Goalie got a hand to it. Yeah, against Norwich, yeah. he fully David Beckham spooned it. Mm. Mm. Went to the car park. <laughs> What's the the Palace? Brighton beef like down there because oh it's feisty because we sort of laugh about we it. We we're, like, it do we? we're like what are they what are they doing it's like the it's like the two teams without rivals so they've decided to kick off something I yeah hundred percent I think it is that is I it think the A twenty three Derby they call it the M M twenty three I think I'm, I'll look I've got I a map think it's here. the M twenty three um I don't drive the, Ga- uh, the Gatwick the Gatwick Airport the Gatwick Express yeah. uh the um, Derby yeah it's it's a weird one so I didn't I didn't know it was that much of a rivalry. And then, um, as I say, I don't drive, so I take trains to all my gigs. And if they're playing Palace, either at home or away, because they're all taking the same train, I have to get to the station like a good 90 minutes beforehand. They get themselves so riled up to say how many miles are physically between their home grounds. Like, it's the most unjustifiable rivalry. Mm. But it's the one of the most animated I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's the M23 turning into the A23, so we were all we were That's all. That's a right. mouthful. Yeah, yeah. Don't roll off the tongue, does it? They get annoyed when people say fixture. it's not a proper rivalry as well, which is <laughs> which is all the more reason. To, which is all the more oh, yeah, reason 100%, to say it. Hundred percent. Like, it is a proper rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> we're really cross with each other. I don't understand why. Like, like, so my boyfriend's from Portsmouth, so obviously there's like the Portsmouth mm. Southampton thing. But like, as a Premier League team, is Southampton not? More of an obvious choice as a South mm. Coast team, right? So, than I think Crystal so. Palace, right? So, it's about 40, 46 miles away between these two stadiums. Do you know what I mean? Like, why? I suppose is Leeds that... and Manchester are quite far apart. Aren't they? It's only thirty odd mile, though, isn't it? This is yeah, but that's like two northern big teams. It, like we mm. we do get categorised as the North, don't we? Like anything above Villa, really. Mm. But I just think, yeah, like with Crystal Palace, your rivalry should be with the other London teams. Your London, mm. your Croydon, like. I don't understand why they get Brighton involved. I'm just looking at the distance. It's like us having a rivalry, our biggest rival being like Mansfield or something like that. Yeah, it's really odd. Yeah. They did beat us in the League Cup once. Don't talk about it. Made me upset when I was a kid. Um, Just to close out these other choices that you did then. Oh um, my God, you are not going to let it go. Rodrigo, header versus Newcastle in the 5-2. Nice moment. That was a good one. The Weekend Blinded by the Lights. Good pop song. Don't know why I picked that. No. I've, it was a, it was I've got basically amnesia when it comes to this podcast. You can tell you can tell um, Michael is is that old man stuck inside a thirty something year old's body because he's he's written the weekend, not not the weekend. Oh no, did he? Like an old person would. Uh, yeah, like mm. like your mum would, for example. Yeah, the weekend. Who's this? The weekend then? Yeah, bless him. And one I've never heard. I know I know who Maniskin are, but um, the song I've not heard. Ziti e Buoni was the Sterling One versus Eurovision. Germany. Yeah. One Eurovision. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Was they it got good? the Euro double, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, the summer, and, the, and they won the sprint in at the uh, Olympics. Of course, the famous, <laughs> the classic, Come on, the big three, the classic treble. 
I always talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you go for. You go for Eurovision, mm. Euros. It was the 100 metre. The 100 metre sprint at the Olympics. That is the main one in the Olympics though because that's who can actually run the fastest. Yeah. I've always, that's, I've always had that in my head. All the running. What, you're not the, a fan of the 1500 metres? The meters. men's 100 metres, that's the one who can run fastest out of everyone. So mm. that's that's how you win the Olympics. Would you do it like that swimmer did? Do you remember that? The, the, the African swimmer who set off at world record pace on lap number one in the pool. And then by the, the fourth lap, cool. he was like, <laughs> "Oh no, really? You'd set off and do that in the sprint, in the running. So you'd do the fifteen hundred meters. Set, I wouldn't set off quickly. How you'd many set, laps was he meant to do? Well, it's like in the pool, it was like it was four laps, like two hundred meters or whatever. But he did he did the first fifty meters at like world <laughs> record speed. Do you not remember this? No, I remember. And was it the Olympics just gone? No, I think it was a couple of. Uh, so he absolutely of, steams it out. Yeah, like obviously he'd, he'd not bothered to think about pace, and he just went out mm. there. First lap was broke the world record pace, and then he was basically floating along. That is what we would all do, though, isn't it? Yeah. If you got the chance to be in the Olympics, as soon as that whistle blows, you're going to go absolutely mad. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what Michael did. You'd be running the 1500 <laughs> meters. You'd be setting off like that, tear ass in round the track, and you'd be. I'd, be, I'd still <laughs> be barely <laughs> keeping up. I think even at the start. <laughs> yeah. my, my kids were uh, did cross country at school though, and the teacher said, "Don't go too fast." And they said, "We just went as fast as we could from the start." Came first and second. Yeah, that was good me advice. School. Good advice in a race. Run as fast as you can. I used to do cross country. I hated it, but I was just really good at it. Yeah. Mm. Did you not try and be deliberately bad so you didn't have to do it anymore? In the end, I did. Yeah. So in year seven, you've like just got to do it, and that's that was the first time I'd done it. I've never done it before in my life. And they just shouted go, and I ran on the course, and then like came back and they handed me this piece of paper that said one. And I was like, look behind me. It was a good like two minutes before anyone else turned up. And so then they were like, oh, right, we'll put you on the cross-country team. And they, they made me do all these... I was up at like six in the morning, five, six in the morning, going to Airville Park in Skipton to run around these blooming parks. I hated it. And I did it for a bit whilst I was like still the best because I quite enjoyed being the best at something. And then once you start getting like to a bigger level, mm. so they've so got the, all these kids who genuinely enjoy it. And so the moral here is only do stuff when you're good at it. 100%. Um, as soon as you stop being the best, yeah. just give it up. Get out. 100%. <laughs> my, kids, my kids have unrealistic realistic expectations of this as well because they're like, I think I might be the fastest person in the world. <laughs> You're like, and you can't tell them they're not. Uh, you've got to you've got to be honest. Just yeah, let, let them let them be the fastest person until they're not the fastest there's person. Then tell them to quit. Anything you want to do, there's going to be loads of people better than, <laughs> better than you had to yeah. in, in life, and that's fine. You've got that's to, a good lesson. I loved being the fastest runner at St Aidan's Church of England school, but I did not enjoy being the seventh fastest runner in North Yorkshire. <laughs> that's yeah. still good. Though. It is still good. Yeah. It is, still, but it's not good if you're the it's person. Not good, it's not good enough to warrant getting up at quarter to six in the morning. I don't think. No. Quarter to six in the morning. I want a medal. <laughs> yeah. Just for getting up. I want a medal. Yeah. <laughs> just for getting up. Um, just back on the football side of things, and you're, you're quite into international football, aren't you? I have a very rocky relationship with international football, and I mostly don't care. Right. Okay. I, I care when Calvin's there. Yep. But he's not been there recently. My he's only been poorly. question is: Do you get annoyed at new people in? Like new fans of football, people who people who've got into football through it being an international tournament, do you get angry at them? Do you get all like, no. oh, so now you like football, do you? No, I don't. I, I appreciate that it is it is like the people's game, isn't? It? And I like that sense of occasion. Like I remember, like when I was working up in Newcastle, we'd finish at work, and then we went to watch like it was England, Colombia that game, yeah, yeah. like in town, and it was brilliant. It was just a huge like yeah. a sense of almost like civic occasion. And when we beat them on the penalties, and we all went out afterwards, and yeah, yeah, a load of them didn't give a shit about football, but kind of get sucked into it, and they were all wearing the shirts and had the face paints on. I think it's great. What I get annoyed at is when people then try and engage you in football talk about it. Like, oh, okay. Like So that they'll try and... Mm. 
because we watch football all the time. We talk about it all the time. We know every minute detail about what happens at Leeds and therefore how the game's played. You know, tactically, we've learned so much tactically under Bielsa. Mm. But then when they try and talk to you about stuff that you know about and they can't communicate with you, I get a little bit frustrated. I try and contact- Oh, a new fan? Yeah. Like somebody who doesn't normally enjoy football then starts talking about dressing football. room tactics. Yeah. yeah. Just little things like that. It's normally, when, it's normally just they're repeating something they've heard on someone say on telly yes. and you sort of go, well, oh, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, and it's something incredibly, but just like, um thing is, Kane just needs confidence. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Right, yeah. So how do you think he should get that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, get, just get it. That's what Frank Lampard said, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with the pressure? Just deal I do. With it. I, I understand that. I do. I think what I get, I so yeah, I love international football. I do. I really love the like, sort of atmosphere of it the spirit of it that party thing and then the I cocaine get cocaine fueled nationalism and then I get <laughs> come on I get the really the fireworks in the anus <laughs> I mean that is a lovely aspect of it I I get really annoyed genuinely though when people like us who who enjoy it year round get annoyed at people enjoying it for the first time because I think that's what international tournaments are yeah. for mm. I think that's how you get people to be as big a fans as we mm. are like I think that's that's often how you're introduced I think as a kid like yeah Leeds was sort of a, a family thing but I think my first big memories were probably watching sort of the O2 yeah either like the 2000 or the O2 like international tournaments yeah. mm. and it, I kind of I always use the analogy of like for me it's like watching it's like if we watched Eurovision and then when somebody enjoys it one of us going oh, I think it's funny how you're enjoying this but I don't see you listening to Hungarian synth pop for the rest of the year you're like well that doesn't matter like it's about this one big thing mm. but I do get that of like enjoy it and have it as a way of like getting into it but don't skip several steps and yeah. start playing football manager don't don't engage me in small talk about football when you, you're out of your depth like, right so I, okay so I, I, I won't go to the like I have to have my car MOT'd I won't go into the garage and start talking about manifolds and, no. you know, that's why that. I, that's why I've stayed away from Shaggy when you're around because it's just right. you don't want to you don't want to you don't embarrass me. You don't tread on the toes of an expert. <laughs> not, not you. A shaggy expert. No. Whereas I'd, I'd be definitely able to hold my own with Shaggy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I, I think from a social point of view, particularly because we've been indoors for like two years, I'm quite looking forward to the social aspect of the Qatar World Cup. I think it's an absolute clusterfuck that they've put it in the middle of winter. Mm. But mm -hmm. I, think, I think it'll be fun, actually. And those winter afternoons and evenings. It's weird, isn't it? Because we have always, as long as we've known it, like, we've always associated World Cup fever with summer barbecues like mm. bunting in the garden having all your mates round cold beers and actually it's going to be we're going to be watching the world cup with like a mulled wine mm. it's going to be really mm. slavery and and uh slavery and frost yeah that's that's, that's, that's never a nice mix yeah. for an international tournament i feel really conflicted about this time like obviously you want to get behind you you want to you want to get whipped up in that frenzy because you know how great an international tournament can be especially when you've got a good team and a Leeds player at the heart of it as well that's the yeah. thing yeah it's just it, it is actually like typical you might not uh, be a Leeds not to player. like centre us at the, at the stop it not to centre us at the heart of it all but like it is very typical as a Leeds fan to finally be able to get behind a good England team with a Leeds player at the heart of it and it's the most controversial World Cup mm to ever get behind like <laughs> finally you have a reason to be like come on England come on but ultimately, and actually like oh ultimately ethically no, ultimately, yeah. ethically. ultimately we'll, we'll still consume it as football fans won't we in the same way that that where you look at Newcastle fans who've employ, like, employed that switch with the Saudis you I know? do get that it's like you, you you can't 
you can't just go for the Qatar World Cup. Like, if you're going to do that, you've got mm. to also not have F1 in Saudi Arabia. Like, yeah. it, it's not it's not just football where that exists. So it's um, that but, sounds a very weak excuse to use in the pub, doesn't no, it? But I know what you mean, though. Like, but but then again, the Saudi Grand Prix is kind of one of of many, and it's never pretended to be anything other than about money. Whereas yeah. I think we think in our idealistic worldview that. Football, it's, it is the people, true. the people's game, and we think this is about us, and this is about yeah. jumpers for goalposts and all that sort of stuff. And it's and not, it's is nothing, it? It's nothing. We'll be sat be, there further, watching it? fucking socios ads going round the boards, yeah. going brilliant. I hope you're all getting paid in crypto. Or it's going to feel weird, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think the players will be particularly. Uh, I think every pl- pl- player would be delighted to be playing at a World Cup, but you've got to be thinking a little two weeks. Two weeks, isn't it? Between mm. I think there's the actually the about season? eight days. Yeah, from, eight from days. the last Premier League game. You to see, the, that's yeah. mad. So yeah. I, I do think there'll be a lot of players kind of going in with a, a little bit of a feeling of like resentment to it. Mind um, you, they all they all like pissing off to the Middle East, don't they? In um, in season breaks, don't they? Like footballers going, yeah. love Dubai, don't they? Yeah, they love Dubai. I think just one of them went, and they've got no imagination, so they all just had to go. Yeah. Like, where did you go? Dubai. All right, yeah, I'll we'll go to Dubai. Well, I, w- I yeah. went there. Um, Can I spend a reassuringly large amount of money on a steak? Have went, you been to Dubai? Yeah, I went. On, I went on holiday. It was um, mid two thousands, so just when it was not quite like as it is now, and they were building that. You know the world, so that, so there was a lot of land reclamation going on there because it's obviously a lot of mm. desert, and yeah. they build all these false, uh, these um, I say false islands, the very real islands, but they um, reclaim the sand, build it up, create an island, put a villa on it, sell it for you know ten million quid or whatever it yeah. might be. And <clears> I remember just speaking to people there at that time, saying, "Yeah, like Michael Owen's going to have that one, and that one's going to be sounds like Robbie Fowler, yes, and that was Jamie Redknapp, and because there's a different. Were there um, any non-Liverpool players? Though? No, they just ones that immediately <laughs> sprang to mind. Uh, those are the ones I took notice of, obviously. Phil Babb, yeah. he's yeah. over there. Yeah. He just wanted to know which ones to go and David egg Burrows, later on. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, the point stands, it was like they were all just hoovering up these islands one at a time, and Rod, that's Rod Stewart's as well. He's not a footballer. Mm. I was going to say, what, yeah. was his, what was his time at Liverpool last? <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, so I don't like it at all. Have you so. been out there? Have you done some shows there? Yeah. yeah. I, I went... Um, not anymore. <laughs> I went there on holiday. Um, I did this like... I did this trip with my brother in 2016 when I left uni and he was about to go to uni we, we did this like we saved up for a few years to go on this like round the world trip we did like east to west coast America Australia New Zealand Hong Kong and then they threw in I think because the flight has to go back via that way they were like Dubai and we, we were like oh okay I mean we're, we're going to be staying in hostels everywhere else so we, mm. we, we said let's do Dubai and it'll be lovely we'll have, we'll have stayed in hostels for like three months and then let's have three days in Dubai where you stay in a really nice hotel and it was the worst place we went on the whole trip. Would much prefer like an 18, 18 dorm, eighteen bed dormitory of a mm-hmm. hostel in a humid Hong Kong building than Dubai. I, I just I find it really weird. Yeah, and then I've been back to do shows there. It's just an odd place. It's just yeah. motorways and mm-hmm. hotels, motorways and hotels. And then like I get that people go, oh, you you go for the weather. Like, yeah, but you can't. It's so dusty. It's not like blue skies <laughs> and sun. It's just um. Like a grey fog everywhere. Well, People post their pictures on Instagram. And I'm like, you do realise the, the background of that photo is just fog. <laughs> just fog with well, hot I went, sun in there. I, without realising what I was doing when I went, it, we just booked like a, it was like a thing on lastminute.com, a trip, like five days or whatever. It wasn't that expensive. July into August. Oh. Yeah, that's why it was cheap. So well, you're fried. Yeah, well, you know, you get you get to a, um, a foreign resort and they open the plane door. Yeah. And you feel the air. Make its way down the plane, and, you got, like it goes, and it did. It, and I was like, "Oh my 
good God. And you, and we stepped outside because we didn't have one of the air bridges. We had to walk outside. back onto the plane. Yeah. And it was, it was like being in an oven. I'm like, oh my, this is mad. But then you get in the sea and the sea is like a warm bath, which is yeah. great. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. And it's very clean everywhere. It's nice to eat out and all the rest of it. But it's very artificial in that sense in that there's no real organic culture there unless yeah. you really, really go look for it. Like, you know, out into the desert under the stars and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's all just kind of eating out and drinking out, which is nice if you like it, which I think is probably why footballers mm. like it. But I, rem- I remember we um, we stayed in the hotel room and we knew there was a garage just over the road and we wanted to go get a drink. And it was so hot that it was like a hundred yards. So we were pissing with sweat when we got to this garage. Had to buy a drink immediately to drink just yeah, to yeah. relieve the walk over there. Yeah. Get another one for the way back. And yeah. then the stuff that we'd gone for. So it was a, it was a triple drink yeah. situation. Yeah, oh, I so found hot. myself just being delighted to be in a taxi because of the air con. Yeah. Which I think, like, if you go on holiday, a highlight should never be a taxi. <laughs> when they awarded him that World Cup as well, it was meant to be in the summer, wasn't it? They made all promises about air-conditioned stadiums and stuff yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Just it was meant bollocks. to be in the summer. Yeah. They just, I think they just they just said that to get it through. Because if they'd have, on the bid, they said, oh, you're going to have to, like, fuck around with all the football calendar. It would have been harder to push through even with all the bribes. Yeah. But as it was, they just Alleg- went, Alleged bribes. I think a lot of them were alleged proven. Alleged bribes. I mean, they, were, <laughs> and, and they, were, they awarded Russia and Qatar. They got the, the World Cups on the same day, didn't they? Great bunch of lads. It was like the absolute, the absolute peak Fucking of hell. kleptocracy yeah. of, of the kind of modern era. It's like, this is where it... Russia and Qatar get it on the same day and we're there having to go, allegedly bribes. <laughs> Alleged. Yeah, I mean... A, a I grew lot, up convinced uh, that England were going to get the 2018 World Cup, thinking, well, I'll be, I'll be 40 then, so I can mark my 40th birthday. Yeah. With, with... I remember when we got the Olympics, I was like, oh... The, the, like the, because of how much infrastructure they're going to have to build for it, we'll definitely get the World Cup within mm. a decade of that. It's going to be the Euros, isn't it? 20, 28 or 32? 28, I think we're getting, going to probably get them. Russia a bit for those as well, you see that. Yes. In, invaded Ukraine and then said, right, we're going to have the Euro, we're going to go for the Euros. I mean, that is Are you? like, the audacity is next level, in it? To think, yeah, I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> I think I'll be a popular choice. Everyone come round. We're going to have a party. Fucking hell, honestly. Ah oh dear. I'm looking forward to it. I hope Calvin is still with us and I hope that he is one of the star performers there. And I hope when he is that he's already tied to a very big contract. Mm. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. Adam Road. The nice the Croatia game in the um the Euros was nice because that's when he, he kind of shone. And I got to go around everyone going, I fucking told you he was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone was like, oh, fucking Calvin Phillips. Yeah, you like team. him now, do you? You like oh, him? Oh, shit. Oh, he's just plodder, he just passed the side. Like, he's not, he's really good. And so this again though is why I have a little bit of mixed feelings about the Bielsa era is he played that tight squad to such an extent that those level players... When you think we had Calvin in the Euro squad and then Bamford got his call up Mm. for, like I think, a couple of friendlies, didn't they? But at one point I was thinking, we could have two Leeds players in the... I mean, let's be honest, Bamford being in that position, he'd only get maybe subbed on. Mm. But you've got two Mm. players maybe going out and then it's like, we absolutely just blasted their bodies mm. for a season. And I do think now, like, Bamford would be lucky to get even... When you like Jesse, I bet he's in there massaging Patrick's feet right now. I mean, if he's not, I will. So you, you like Marsh then? I like him. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I think um, I romanticised the idea, the sort of, in that enigma of Bielsa... Mm. But upon reflection, I think we've made the right choice. And I think... I that's, think that's a brave call, pre-Watford. Pre-Watford. Yeah. Write it down. Maisie says... <laughs> get it down. Get Maisie it down. Maisie says... Maisie yeah. says Marsh is good. I do think it's the right choice. I do. We're playing... We're, we are playing better football. Mm, are we? You don't agree? 
I think the football style is worse, but it might be a bit more effective, even if it's not as much fun. Oh, it's definitely not as much fun. It's not Bielsa Ball anymore, but it's... Um, no, it's, it's definitely not. I think we're playing better. We are playing better. <laughs> we were getting dicked every single week. That's true. <laughs> it wasn't a huge amount of fun. No, no. The other stuff was fun. It was fun before that, but just turning up and being like, oh, oh there's the centre-back running, yeah, running, still got the ball. And it's in our net. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. That was getting quite frustrating to watch. Do you feel like a little bit disconnected from it then when you're down in Brighton? Or do you still feel fully like no, in I tune feel with quite it? In, yeah. Or I even like, more so? I've, yeah. I wouldn't say even more so because I do think there's just an element of when you're up here, you get a one club city. It's it's so much of its identity, in it? But there's definitely an element of like living in a city where everybody, Brighton as well being a one club city, every, everybody's a seagull. So then to sort of have that little... Mm. identity within that is quite nice and I come up here to gig like I've still got family up here so if I get a gig offer I will literally be like great <laughs> I've got a gig can see my family and I'll try and come to a Leeds panel Costa panel Costa yeah <laughs> stage put my order in for a latte already <laughs> um, no so it's 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 that in fact like I think we were we were going to be the Chelsea game was originally going to be next weekend wasn't it and I've got a gig next week so I was going to do I was going to try mm. and go then but not going to be. No. Not going to be. Yeah, I've always um, I've always struggled with the seagull as a concept, like as a as a mascot. Like we peacock. Yeah. Very proud. Seagulls so sad. Also, yeah. seagulls are universally hated. They're idiots. In Brighton as well. Yeah. So like the sight of a seagull coming onto the pitch, like everybody just is is pissed off. Like that's the animal that's always nicking your fish and shit. Like they are horrific, and they're massive down yeah, in Brighton. I, I remember. They're a proper big. They're about the size of a peacock. Some of them. You want. I, I, <laughs> Get the old, yeah. the old peacock template out. Yep. That's, yep. I've crossed the road before because of a seagull on my way home. I have. I thought, I don't want the trouble. Can you eat them? I don't want the trouble. Probably. They'll, be a, they'll eat them in France. It's illegal to kill one. Oh, is it? I've looked it up. What if you find a dead one? I've looked it up. <laughs> Scraping road. Just thinking sometimes, I'm like, I could have it, but would I get in trouble? I thought, I can't have that. I could make a casserole out of that. There's, oh, loads, there's loads of them though, aren't there? Yeah. There's so many. And they're, they're, not gonna, they're not going to miss one, are they? No, exactly. No, they do all that thing of like, you know, they'll get some food off the thing and then giving it all that. <laughs> Yakking. I hate it. I hate it. If anyone's eating a seagull? Steve, <laughs> <laughs> right in if you've eaten a seagull. <laughs> we, we, we went to um, to Lyme Regis, which is obviously over to, sort of towards Devon Way, and doing exactly that sort of thing. And you must see this in Brighton as well. So you're out having your coffee and the cream mm. teas or whatever, the Devon cream teas they're mm. all having. The, the ladies in their uh, in their fleeces on the, on the seafront. <laughs> this big fucking seagull. And, and when I, its body, I think, was about lengthwise. It was about that big. Yeah. yeah. It, was like, yeah. it was the size mm. of a, a, a medium peacock. Yeah. And and it. <laughs> can't believe you rinsed me going in template, and then you've said medium peacock. And, it's, and it swooped in, and it lifted up a full ramekin of cream, like took the ramekin. That is the most gentrified yeah. seagull picking a, up a ramekin, and it flew off with a ramekin of cream in its yeah. job. Yeah, they've really perfected it. First time my mum came down to visit Brighton, she got a ice cream right down by the seafront, and it swooped in, and it was such precision. It swooped in, just took it clean out of hands, like it hardly even touched her. It had done it so many times, it knew exactly what it was doing. When you go and buy fish and chips on the seafront in Brighton, they tell you to go one street back. Right. They give it to you and they go, just, if you're not from round here, go go one street back because the seagulls will have you. The, the street with a fucking net above it. Yeah. yeah. Just tuck yourself it's in horrible. under there. Yeah. It's horrible. So why, I mean, I get why they've picked it because it's like the one animal associated with... It's better animal. than a pigeon though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brighton <laughs> pigeons. <laughs> the pigeons. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I like I like Brighton as a team. I, I think they're incredibly frustrating to watch. Good stadium. 
uh, I don't like the fans. Right. The fans are That'll go down well down at home then. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm now going to have to get a taxi back from every gig. So you've been been slating the the state animal and the... uh, I think everybody would agree with me about the the animal. Just there's a certain type of Brighton fan, and I don't think every Brighton fan is like this, but there's a certain type of Brighton fan that's just... um, they they just give it they give it proper and their their chants are really naff and they sing I think it's more to do to be honest I'm saying it now it's more to do with that they chant all of their songs in the train station when I'm going to work right okay so I immediately I'm like can you not Leeds, Leeds fans we never Leeds know. fans notoriously uh, whereas we would never do that would we public transport <laughs> no you know what I mean when Leeds when Leeds fans go to a game we're all nice and quiet respect we listen to Shaggy on our own little headphones we're the best on our MP3 support, players yeah. the best on our MP3 support. players yeah. seven albums it can hold <laughs> seven albums yeah very much unbranded in New York City Football Club are known as the Pigeons really just looked it up New York City are known as the Pigeons of all the things that New York has to offer why is it Pigeons do they have Pigeons in New York Pigeons probably probably I feel what what's the most common animal in New York? It's got to be a rat and it. A lot of squirrels yeah. in Central Park. Squirrel, yeah, rats. yeah, New York squirrels. The, the New York rats. <laughs> <laughs> good, good band name. <laughs> yeah, I think it's sort of an emo goth type of mm. yeah. Yeah, the New York rats. Or like a Boomtown tribute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we'll we'll wrap it up there then on this. Uh, we'll end it on this, New York the rats. Avian, the New avian York chat. Rats. Yeah, it's been good fun. It's been good fun. Did you get to the the Brighton Leeds game this season then? Uh, no, I didn't get to go. I haven't right. got to go yet. Uh, I, oh, there's one in my diary that I think. Oh, I think I'm going to go to Crystal Palace. Um, oh, the away game on the Monday. Yeah, yeah. All I right. think I'm going to go to that. But we'll see. Just hopefully you'll make it up the A23 slash M23 in yes in one piece. Yeah, and thankfully it won't have that um, magnetic allure of the M23 derby. <laughs> Thank goodness it's just a Leeds United game, which will be a much more civilized affair. October the seventh. October the seventh. City varieties. Oh, right. That's my tour date, is it? Yes. <laughs> That's what you said earlier. No, it is October the 7th. I thought you were going to bring up another song and uh, sort of unmemorable goal. I was like, I can't do this anymore. October 7th. That was the release date of our Carolina. Right. <laughs> Maisie Adam, thank you very much. Thank you. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.